Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. Good morning. We've got probably one of the most interesting men in real estate on the show today. Leon Harper, I don't know if you've ever been introduced that way, but this is Leon Harper. Everybody say hello to Leon. Hey, good morning, everybody. So, so Leon and I met actually on a, uh, on a street text webinar we did in, uh, in LabCode Agents a few weeks ago. And he was talking like, dude, will you come on Agent Barrettle and just share some knowledge? So, so you can see, we're going we're gonna to go into his background because he's got an interesting virtual background, right? You see a large, a large plane behind him. Leon, what is, what's your connection to that, to that plane behind your head? Okay, that is uh, the current newest version for the military's airlifter. That's their workhorse. And that thing goes everywhere, does everything. And um, I started out in the military first. That's what got me to Washington State. And then I started selling real estate as a result of that because I wanted to stay home. I was just flying so much. And um, it's hilarious when you say things that blend because everywhere I would go, we'd land and used to look at what the markets were doing. So everywhere I went, um, I learned something. And at first, when I first started doing it, the East Coast was the hardest hit back in the 90s. I started selling in 91, 92, February 92. So um, I'd bring that stuff home. I'd look at stuff going this, and I laugh when I say before the advent of the internet. So I'd see what they were doing. I go, oh my God, that, how could I do that at home? And, and with real estate, you know, you have open mind about stuff. I'd say, okay, this is how they do it, but what else can I do with it? And I would bring it home. And, and that's what I would do. Just, you know, we always say unconventional off the wall things. And the, I think I was, I was thinking about this morning, Jesse, the funniest thing is you'll hear a term and you go, oh, wow. So that's what I've been doing all these years. And you never had a name for it, you know, but it's like, well, that's what I was doing. And so I've just, you know, traveling the world, uh, very blessed uh, to have the military pay me to go everywhere. I've been, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I've been to every continent in the world. The only thing I haven't been is mainland China and COVID stopped me from going to do that last year. Um, the Great Wall is one of my bucket list items. So I'll make that happen in the next couple of years. But um, I was talking with Lisa earlier. She seemed as I was playing with my background pictures. I had one of Antarctica in the background and I was telling her there's um, when I used to launch the expeditions to go to the very South Pole, um, they had a place called Shackleton's Hut. So I was down there for one, like we we fly down there a month at a time out of New Zealand. So I posted my my for sale sign on Shackleton's hut just to get a picture. And I posted it on the welcome to McMurdo station. And so there's a group of scientists down there go, hey, and I had the sign hanging inside my airplane on the thing. They go, who's is that? I go, that's mine. Can we borrow this? So they did a where's Waldo with me. They had it out. Um, they like camping, they have survival guides go with them in case a storm kicks up. So they got a tent that they put the cell sign on. They're out in a valley. It hasn't rained in 4 million years. And they posted it there for land for sale. I mean, it's just hilarious how many places my sign got. This is your, your for sale sign. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. All right. So if you guys get the idea here, this is going to be, Leon is not your average real estate agent. Okay. So thank you for your service. First of all, Leon. And second of all, just, I, I appreciate the perspective. So we were talking with Leon like, okay, wh what do you want to talk about? And he said, I keep seeing this, this thing coming up between training versus coaching. And yeah. I don't know if a lot of agents actually know the difference between training and coaching. So this discussion may, might end up in some interesting places, but I want to start there as at least a framework. When you, when you threw that out, Leon, what is the difference to you mean between training versus coaching? Okay. So, so in, in real estate terms, 
you know, I just, and I said this to you, we were talking before, I won't, I, I guess I say and get frustrated. People all the time go, oh, this, they, they want me to coach this and that. And I'm like, you know, you got a ball on a budget afford what you can do. And so you ask that question, why are you taking coaching? What are you going to do with it? Oh, I need to go to that next level. And I just started laughing. How can you go to the next level if you haven't got to the first one? And it starts with training. Everybody rushes out. I should say rush, but they get their license. And they go, I got my license. And now what? Stop sign. And I'm like, you're not even familiar with what you have. I always say, use your tools wisely. And I joke when I tell people, never keep chasing shiny new buttons. Because that next shiny new button isn't necessarily going to make you any more successful. And if you don't know how to use what you already have, how are you going to use something else? So to me, the, the training aspect is... No matter where you're at, you know, you're like your MLS. I make my agents do a forms class. I make them do, they have to do the basics for the MLS. We run matrix, but I make them do the advanced one as well. They need to know how to do listings. They need to do everything. So it's funny when you sit there and show people what's in their MLS and they're like, well, I didn't know we had that. And there's some MLSs out there, man. I'm jealous of them because they've got the ability for you to go like address only leads, things like that. You have all these things. And I'm like, why are you spending money for something you already have? So to sit down and, and the training of this whole thing comes from the systems you already have that are going to help you make money. Your MLS should be your number one thing. You should know it. If you're not in your MLS learning, you know, your tax database, it updates listings in real time. Um, you have mobile apps that are attached to that you have. And all these people are out here trying to spend money on stuff. You already have this. So it's like, you know, on my redundancy, I sat down last year, I probably lost half my programs because I'm going, oh, I got two of everything. This has to go. What am I using? What am I not? So in the training aspect is as you come on to that, your first year or two of real estate, you're a sponge. You're learning this stuff. And so as you grow forward, um, I don't care if you sell five houses, 10 houses, 20 or 100. Everybody has a different learning curve. But if you sit down and train on the systems you have to make yourself efficient and get the optimal use out of what you have at the point that you're looking like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next level. Now the coaching comes in, um, whether it's accountability, um, like I mentor my folks, but I tell people there's a difference between mentoring, coaching, training, but the training and the coaching comes from when the coaching comes along. Now you're taking people to an even higher level. And there's usually a higher level of accountability with the coaching. So people that jump straight to coaching and, and skip, you know, I would say don't spin wheels and not make deals. So if you don't take the time to be training on what you're doing and knowing how to do it, coaching ain't going to do you no good because, like I said, you ain't even made the first level yet. I, I, I love it. So, so, so when you're talking training, let's get let's get nitty gritty. Like how? Because I've probably been guilty of this early on my career, just ignoring some of the free tools we have through our MLS. How do you get trained on these? What, what where do you start? Here's a funny thing about that. You go in the MLS and look and see what they have. So <clears throat> a lot of times the MLS gives it to you two ways. You can either pay for it and get clock hours, which you're going to need anyway, or it's free if you're not getting clock hours. They have instructors. And, and here's the funny part. I shouldn't say funny. Here's the real part. You're already paying for this. You pay your MLS dues, whether it's every three months, six months, whatever. So why not take a class? And, and with, with COVID, you ran out of excuses because they started doing more of them online. <laughs> And so I don't care if you're sitting, you know, I tell people like this, I'm probably the most efficient when I'm in my car because I can't do nothing until I get where I'm going. So I can make those calls. I can do all that. And, you know, the other thing I, I was telling you before, too, about training when I do this, time management is a very important thing. We are so wasteful in our time management. And in this job, we're always going to have something we need to do. But it's a matter of sitting down doing it. And, and I was laughing, you know, Michael Hellickson, correct? Mm -hmm. 
okay. I, I, I did a club wealth thing and um, I was laughing because it, and I don't think I'm stupid by any means, but it took me three months to figure out. He has something called a perfect daily schedule. And I hear these guys, I'm up at 4 a.m. I'm turning over, going to sleep at 4 a.m. I don't care. But <laughs> it, it's, it's, so, so at the end of the thing, you know, you had the aha moment. And I'm looking at what I didn't get done one day. And I'm like, I still got to do this. And I didn't get it done until 6 o'clock at night. But then when I look back over, so wait a minute, I got it done. So the perfect daily schedule isn't Leon getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning or Jesse going, calling people from 9 to 11. The perfect daily schedule is just having things and getting them all done. And I mean, me calling, if I call you from 9 to 11 all week long, you ain't answered the phone. Uh, maybe I should call you from 3 to 5. It doesn't matter the time you do it. At the end of the day, it matters that you got it done. So the perfect daily schedule at the end of the day, what my aha moment was, is the one that works for you. I love that, by the way. You were, you were speaking my language because that perfect daily schedule never really worked for me. I, it's Okay, so, so I want to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about this time management piece because it, it's obviously not the fact that the training is free. A lot of people, they know where to get it. So I think there's some either mindset behind people think they don't need it. They don't think it's important. Or like you just said, it's just a time management piece of how do they fit? How do they fit it all in? So you just said the perfect schedule is the one that you get done when you're, when you're training agents, when you're working with them, how do they develop that skill set though? Cause you're at this point in your life where you just say you're going to do it and you do it, but is that a skill set people develop or is that something you always had? How'd that work for you? It's it's a habit. One of one of the things in the military, our, our joke for our our um, command I was in, um, we called it. It's called a military lift command was MAC, and so it stood for Midnight Air Command because it seemed like we did most of our flying at night. But it wasn't a matter. So here's the thing with this: every night at seven o'clock, my phone chirps, and I look at my thing for tomorrow's schedule to see what I have on there. If I need to call, text, set up something, confirm appointment, I do it. But you know, if you read the thing about habits. You have to have a habit. You have to commit to doing what you say you're going to do. And, and the, the funnier part is if you don't get it done, you got to learn not to get frustrated. I mean, if you goofed off, self-accountability is important. If you goofed off and to get it done, that's shame on you. But in, in this job, there's always going to be something to do. I could have tomorrow's schedule all laid out. And then 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the phone rings and I got to go do something. My day is shot. So at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I didn't get that done. What I need to do. And so the, the discipline is still in following through. I, I, in the military and other jobs, you have what's called checklists. So like I'm a new agents, I give them a checklist. When they start out, we share it. And it's like, okay, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? And, and so I make them accountable, not just to me, but their self. And I always say, go, you know, just like you have a business plan. Number one, getting in this, I want everybody to understand, this is a business. If you don't think it's a business, you need to get out of it. This is not a hobby. This is not, because I mean, you're playing with people's lives if you want to put it that way. This is a business. And so once you approach it from the business and, you know, you are a CEO, I had one of the best years in real estate and it was my worst year because I was at a company that reminded me the real estate side of business I didn't want. They charged you all the way down to a paperclip. I'm like, what the hell? It's a paperclip. But I guess if you add a thousand paperclips up, there's a profit and loss to be had. And I was thinking like, okay, it's a business. I get it, but I don't want a business like that. I still want this to be fun. So when you sit down and lay out a business plan, and um, if, if you sit in on the street text classes, you always hear markets going free 99. I brought that into the group. There's so many free 99 things out there. You can go get a business plan. You can go get all this stuff free. Tom Ferry, all them guys give you that. So you sit down with a business plan. You assess yourself. 
and you honestly go back and look, you got to revisit it. You can't just look at it January 1st. Okay, we're good for the year. You always have to be working to improve yourself. And if you run it like a business, it's like no one runs a business to lose money. So what do I have to do to make money? And how am I spending my money wisely? And we'll still make mistakes. But if you make a mistake, you learn from it. Because usually things that wind up being really good for you happen by mistake. So that, and, and you've heard me say this before, the shared knowledge is important. You need to share knowledge. I had an agent the other week that she couldn't get hold of nobody. And it was kind of funny because I go, well, I don't want this to be a conflict of interest. So let me suggest what I would say and then go back to your broker and do this. And it says, she goes, it's sad that someone outside my own brokerage is helping me do more than my own broker. I said, well, yes and no, but understand this. At the end of the day, have you learned something? She says, yes. I said, you're learning something makes this deal easier for me because with you understanding what you're doing, it makes it easy for me to do my job rather than wondering, are you doing your job? Uh, I love it. Okay, there is so many things you just said, Leon, in that short period of time. Sharing, the, people have checklists and they're sharing them with each other. That gets that group and self-accountability piece. You've got... Um, Gosh, all right, we don't want to dig in. So for, for you, now that you're, you know, much further on in your career, have you, are you done training? Are you only on with coaching? I mean, are you like, are you a constant learner for you personally? Training and mentoring. I don't coach. Yes, so there's a definite difference. And, and you know, where, where it shows, and I say this, when a teacher can no longer learn from a student, you need to quit teaching. There are so many different things that come along. This is why I say the shiny new button. I don't chase every shiny button out there. Sometimes it's great when other people do something. You say it works. Okay. They're, you know, they're, they're beta testing for you. They're doing it. It's okay. What's into this? Dig into it. And, and you learn from it. But, you know, shared knowledge is a very good thing because the fortunate thing in the real estate industry, it doesn't change that fast. This, you know, things that people don't 10 years ago, things still kind of do today and still, I hate to say get by, but still can be effective. Yeah. And so, and I, I just love the fact, I love free 99, by the way, because I mean, there's a lot of good paid coaches. I'm not knocking paid coaches. There's some great stuff, but there are so many free resources you can utilize in our industry that people tend to ignore. There yes. truly are. Um, you're deep, you're deep in the, uh, the street text community, right? How, is that something, how did you get, how did you get in with those guys? I got stalked by Marcus. Um, when um, so to back up a little more for me, when I first started selling real estate, um, the, the hilarious part is the real estate book would come out once a month. You'd look at it, you'd be calling around because everything's already three weeks old and maybe sold. And so, you know, then here we go with the dial up bulletin board. And the most popular person in the office was the guy that knew how to load or gal that knew how to load the dot matrix printer. So then as we get a little further into the you have mail AOL and things start getting faster, <clears throat> I had a broker who had a degree in computer science and he had this dream about we're going to do this on the internet. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But in looking at it, I thought, wow, here I am. If I'm out flying, I could actually log on wherever I'm at and do these things. This is pretty good. So we spooled up the first virtual real estate company in 97, 98, never looked back. We turned around and helped the state of Washington. They came down and go like, wait a minute. So the funny thing is you still turn your computer on and 10 minutes later, when you came back, it might be up and running. And they go, we can go get a cup of coffee and come back and we can audit you without leaving uh, Olympia to come. Yeah. So we had, you know, growth is something people fight sometimes because it's a comfort zone thing. And so the bigger brokerages were fighting us on this, some of the franchise ones. And if it hadn't been for the fact that the state of Washington was involved, they would have shut us down. 
And now the funny thing is uh, a couple of the brokerages, I love reading the monthly things from the brokers. Um, I had a guy say he's the Al Gore of the internet. He acts like he invented the uh, virtual real estate, you know, and so it's hilarious to see that. I'm like, whatever makes you happy, dude. But um, what, what year is that that you, that you opened it? 97 and 98 timeframe. So you had a virtual real estate company in 1997, right? Yeah. I, I just, I just want to say, this is from the man who a minute ago said, not much changes that fast in real estate. I just love the fact that you have what probably the first virtual real estate company, but yet you're also like, look, things don't change that fast. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, they don't. We, we nicknamed our, and you know, because the biggest thing is your licenses have to be displayed at the brokerage. We had them online and we called it the wall. So you click on the wall and you could see all the licenses and see everybody was current and good standing and whatever. But, um, you know, it's still it's slow. I mean, you look at some of these other things, they ain't like the stock market, how it jumps up and down. It's not like cryptocurrency you're chasing. It's it's things in real estate. They, they stay around a while. I mean, look at some of the programs that we've been using forever in real estate. They're still here. And even though they enhance it and upgrade it, the basics of them are still pretty much what they were 10 years ago. A hundred percent. So, so, so your, your, your company is constantly evolving, but you were doing some of the same basics. What are some things that, that you've done over time that really haven't changed that are still the staples? Cause you're still, you still sell houses, correct? Yeah. If you don't know the market, how can you teach it? So, so what are some of the things you're doing that have been really just kind of staples in your business over time that you wish every other agent knew? Uh, follow up. We always miss that one call we're supposed to make. So I, I cheated. I went and got my own call center and let them do the calls. And <clears throat> they set the initial appointment and I'll confirm it and do whatever. But, you know, it does start with follow up. I, you know, I don't really, it's kind of funny. One thing I don't do when I say this is a business, I don't track my numbers. I mean, I have an assistant I pay to do all my transaction coordinating. And I mean, I do look, but I'm not like, oh, yeah, I got five this month and 10 and I got to do this. I set a goal every year. And then I, I'll look and see where I'm at. You still got to tweak things, but I'm not numbers driven to where I got to say, why well, am I listening? Tell me this, tell me that. I always say, if you go do what you're supposed to do, everything else falls into place like it's supposed to. I don't look at the metrics. You got to make 50 calls to get three listings. I say yes and no, because everybody's different. It has a different learning curve. It has a different style. So my thing is, as long as I'm doing something, something will always happen. And at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, wow, I did that. So, you know, it's hilarious. Janky Patel asked me in December, so Leon, did you reach your goals? So I don't know. Let me count. I looked. I said, well, yes, yeah, sort of. I said, actually, I kind of did better than I thought I would. And she started laughing about it. But I mean, you know, you just... But I always say only know forward. And, and if you're moving forward in this business and you're doing everything you're supposed to, I would rather be surprised in a good way than a bad way. If you, you're not doing what you're supposed to, you know you're not doing what you're supposed to. So, you know, I, it is what it is. I love that. Was, that. was that quote, did you just say, I only know forward? Yes, I only know forward. I, I love that. All right. Interesting. So, so you're kind of the opposite of a lot of trainers. A lot of trainers, I mean, I mean do, do you even... If you do you set goals, do you have a, a business plan? Do you believe in that sort of stuff or, or no? Are you just like, yeah, I do. So, so like initially I tell my guys and, and I'm in the worst inventory market area period, Seattle's just what, what everybody else is starting to experience with the last year or two we've been going through for the last six or seven years. And, um, I get a new agent and, and, you know, like I said, one of the things about training is never compare people to each other. You don't. I mean, you might say, hey, you should do it just like he was doing it. That's different. Or do it like she was doing it. But but as far as volume, what you do on an individual, and it, this is like a self-assessment, 
sit down and ask yourself where you want to be and what's it going to take to make it happen. That's a standard in real estate. Okay, I want to make $100,000. Okay, if your average sell is this, this is how many sales you need, boom. And the thing is, not everybody's good on the phone. Some people, you know, I, I tell people, don't hide behind a text or email. You do have to call people. You have to make contact. You got to like people. And I'll say, where are we at? And I'll look at what they're doing. And the way I train my folks, I go, let's go sell a house. We'll go out and do the whole thing, listing the whole works. One of the things that's funny is the way I train, at the end of the deal, this thing closes and a check shows up. Who the hell gives you paid training? And now, and but I'm gonna tell you what, it's a motivating factor because now they see a positive result instead of, well, if you do it this way and you do it this way, this is what will happen or should happen. They don't see that. When you do it where you the sequence is actually, you're really doing it and the check shows up, they're like, wow. And to me, it's it's a really nice thing when I get guys that call me up and go, Leon, yeah, they, they were surprised. They asked how long I've been in real estate and I've been doing it like eight months. And they're like, holy crap, I thought you'd be around for years because the knowledge is there. As a, as a broker or owner of a company, you know, we have, if you have 100 agents, you don't want the walking liability. It's nice knowing the phone rings is for something good, not bad. And, and, you know, in this business, because you can't be hands on seeing what everybody's doing every single day. People around teams might do that. But even then, you don't know what everybody's doing every moment of the day. So I'd rather have a well-trained person out there that I know is doing it than a loose cannon that every time the phone rings, it's like, oh, my God, what is it? You know, f f fully agree. F fully agree. All right. So, so you're, you're obviously pretty technology friendly you're, you're a fairly i mean given that you have this start in 1997 before most of us were even around in real estate what's some of the cool tech stuff you've seen in real estate lately i mean obviously we don't want to chase shiny buttons we know that and how do you actually let me ask that question how do you balance the fact that you like tech with not just chasing shiny buttons the, the reminder is don't automate yourself out of a job so when you sit down, anything you want to accomplish, you got to see what I have. People all the time when they say MacBook versus Windows, and I laugh, I say Windows because everything in the business world is friendly with Microsoft and Apple and them kind of made up. So when you sit down first off, use what you're comfortable with. Just like a CRM, they go, what's the best CRM? I go, the one you'll use. Um, keeping my tech simple. The MLS, number one, everything's there. Learn it. Um, I run with an iPhone and I started doing that because I have AT&T and when I was flying overseas all the time, the iPhone was, I used to call it the yuppie phone because that's who had it. But there were so many free 99 programs, so many free programs that, that work. And so if you sit down and start small and scale up, I add on as I go what I needed. I didn't just get all this stuff and then I'm so technology overwhelmed that you now are no longer doing your job. You're too busy trying to figure all this other stuff out. So the keep it simple is the same. It's been that way forever. Keep it simple from the time I start selling real estate. Um, the MLS, it's great. Why? If I write an offer up, write a listing up, it's in the MLS. So expanding from there, my phone does everything I need to do on a mobile basis, but I'm still not going to automate myself out of what I need to do because there's still a very personalized approach to this. You got to have, you got to have personal skills. You got to talk to people. You got to be that person. Last year, when I looked, a lot of my deals from 2017. So the follow-up in that. And then the other thing is, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, hold on. You, you said, so your deals that closed in 2021 started out in relationship with you in 2017? Yeah, probably, probably almost half my deals were 2017 out of my personal spirit of what I did. How did you that came in? How did you keep yourself? How did you keep in touch? How did you keep yourself going with them for that long? Was it just an, an organic thing? Yeah, I have CRM still running. And, and like I said, even on my call center call, I still have stuff in there. So what I did, um, 
you know, I put them in my CRM. I've got drips and emails one out. I turn around. I, I started really pushing a little more into video last year. It's like, I got to make myself do video. I run bomb bomb. So if I go in and I see you're active in my site, I might send you a video clip. If I see you're doing something, looking at something, I'll send it to you. It's like, Hey, Jesse, check. I see you're looking at this. Da, da, da. Let me know if you got any questions. You still got to touch because, you know, we think we're the only person out there. And a lot of times when they say about listing a house, they're going to go with the first agent to call them. Now you're mad that somebody listed a house you thought you'd get. You have no right to be mad because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And I mean, even with that thought, you know, when you sit there, if it's not a good fit, you know, I see people get mad about, well, it's my sister and brother-in-law and they didn't call me. And I tell people, don't get mad. Maybe they didn't want you to know their damn personal business. So sometimes I tell them, you know, we cannot assume anything from anybody. Go, hey, just remind them the lender has their information. Privacy of Information Act, you know, nothing about their financials. And if it becomes an issue, say, hey, I'll tell you what, if you don't want to work with me, not a problem. Let me find you a realtor that I trust that's going to give you just as good or a service to me. We're never going to say better. And at the end of that conversation, you know what that is? That's a referral. This is this is part of this. Too many people cry and let stuff get away. Take the money, move on. It's a referral. It's still a business. I love it. All right, we got a few minutes left. I won't, I don't want to. You mentioned something a minute ago. I think this may help tie it all together. You said don't put all your eggs in one basket. What do you mean by that? Okay, so like you know, there's so many referral services out there. Not everybody wants to spend ten billion dollars on Zillow. So I tell people there's a lot of free referral services out of there. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a bad lead. I used to think that, and then I realized, no, there's not. So I go to some of these lead generation folks that give you a lead up front, pay 30 or 35% when you close. People go, well, why would you want to pay money? You, why would you not? They're doing, if you break it down, they're doing most of the work for you. They sent you the lead. That's not a marketing dollar you spent. So money you didn't spend on the front end, you give them on the back end, that's fine. But what I also do is when that lead closes, now it's my lead, my client working referrals. In this business, you have to grow your business. So why not? If they're doing the work for me to get me there, there's listings I've gone on. I didn't get the listing. Gee, I cry. But I like the neighborhood. So what did I do? Call my title company. Spent a $3.50. Had them send me a mailing package. And I went after the houses I liked in there. Got a listing because of a listing I didn't get. So the little tweaks and things we can do to make this a business and understand it's a business pays off. I think it's your mindset and your attitude that I, that I love mostly on like everything you talk about is awesome, but it's just, every time I listen to you, it's like, ah, it's just so straightforward. Get what you only know forward. Wasn't that what you said? The quote I'm yeah, start only know forward, only know forward. All right. We got like two minutes. Anything else we didn't cover anything else you want to leave agents with? What, what else would you, what other tips you want to give? Um, one of the things I always tell people, I, I work with a single agent mindset, even if you're running with a team or whatever, you still have a single agent mindset because you're going to have your own leads, your own things. And even though I say, you know, hey, OK, a team go um, the bottom line at the end of the day that everybody should remember no matter what is once again, this is a business, but it's your business. This isn't your broker's business. And I own part of my company. I tell them, this ain't my business. Uh, I do well if you do well. So I really want you to do well. But this is your business. So you need to operate with the thought of you and what's good for you. People are afraid to jump companies. I get it. If it don't work, go elsewhere. But once again, don't chase the shiny new button because this company's going to pay me more. But if, if paying you more means they're not supporting you and you have to pay more for your stuff, at the end of the day, it's your business and you should run it for yourself. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you need to do something else. 
I love it. That's a drop the mic moment, Leon. That was good. Guys, if you want to reach out to Leon, we'll put his content info. It's Leon Harper. What's the best way for people to reach you, Leon, if they want to ask you questions, check out more of your stuff? They can either catch me on Facebook or um, you know, Leon at assetlistingteam.com. And I answer my phone. I do all the time. I, you'd be, I wouldn't say you'd be surprised. I have so many people call me during the week from wherever. And that's okay. Because you know what? That keeps my mind sharp, too. Yeah, I would not be surprised. After just interviewing you for 30 minutes, I would imagine you were the guy who definitely answers your phone. I love it. It's I just do. who you are. I do. And that's something that you I always tell people, if I don't pick up, you know, I'll return the call. So if you don't return calls, you're suffering in your own business. And just the little things you do, you can make an adjustment. One little thing, one positive thing a day or one positive thing a week. I don't care if you do one positive thing a month. But if you do one positive thing a day, whether it's calling somebody, I'm going to make three calls today. Or you do one positive thing a week. At the end of the year, look what you've done. You've built your business. You've expanded. I love it. Leon, thank you for being here. Truly, I appreciate it. Guys, we're here tomorrow with, uh, we have Alicia Collins going over charity and business, partnering up to help with local organizations. And uh, Leon, dude, this is awesome. We will, uh, yeah, thank, thank you for having me, Jesse. Like I said, you and I have followed each other around all these groups. All these I know. <laughs> Alicia, thank you too, okay? <laughs> appreciate it. Have a good day, guys. We'll see all you right, tomorrow. Y'all have a great day. Be safe, be positive. Bye, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.